the flying and the way that we practice our yoga is really um, an interesting thing because I love what you said about the kind of change and development in, in um, the idea of corporate development and the idea of change and transitions. Because when you go through this practice of uh, floating and flying, it truly is about um, the idea of uh, transition. And I um, wanted to read the definition of transition to you. Transition is a noun, right? And it means uncomfortable ends followed by hopeful new beginnings or the way the universe gives us the lessons we need to learn and keeps us on the paths we are best, that are best for us, or a positive process we can trust and opportunity for rebirth. Right? How do transitions have to do with like floating and flying? But what you're doing when you do jump backs and jump throughs is you're really practicing almost like anti-gravity. And a lot of people think that it comes from a lot of body strength or like I have to be a gymnast in order to do jump throughs and jump backs. But truly, it's magical because it's about the bandhas. It has really nothing to do with like how much arm strength I have or how big my body is or how flexible my hamstrings are. Really, what it has to do with is um, uh, you're practicing or learning tonight how to jump through and how to float. So I'm going to do different techniques to teach you how to do this. Now, most people in here probably don't except for or practice Ashtanga, correct? Right? So I have two Ashtangis and one who uh, practices with a yogi who is an Ashtangi. So the idea of floating and flying and bandhas is probably really kind of uh, scary, right? Not something that you usually do. So you might be here at this tech because you're interested in learning how to float or fly. And um, you might be here because you're like, uh, don't really understand what floating or flying means. And I want to have that understanding and background in order to teach my students. Um, I learned about it through Ashtanga. That's why I raised it up. This practice a lot of times comes from the Ashtanga lineage, more of a powerful flowing vinyasa, the eight limb path, where you're using the bandhas and breath to create heat within. And um, another kind of yoga that used it a lot is rocket yoga, which was a lineage of Ashtanga yoga. Um, what really comes up when we're gonna go through all of these different practices is your koshas, your fears, your challenges. Does that make sense? So one of the questions I gave you in your handout is, when are you faced with the fear of the unknown? Do you give up on the challenge or do you dive in head first and conquer your fears? Which is pretty um, fascinating. You know, that's on your question sheet, so you already have that. But it's pretty fascinating when you look at some of the answers you all gave to me when you checked in and said what you think a transition is. Some of you said that it was more emotional, that raga dvesha, that um, pain, pleasure, that idea of excited or anxiety ridden. And then some of you said, oh, it's about change or it's a shift or some of it's like, oh, it just happened and I didn't even notice that it happened. Or it's an intentional and planned, well-managed process, which I really appreciate, Shelley, that you said that because Truly, when you intentionally breathe, 
right? Your inhales and your exhales, that's where the magical practice comes from. It's this, this idea of being light as air, right? Who did light as a feather, stiff as a board as a kid? That's kind of what we're doing. And I, we don't have enough time, but if this was like a six-hour workshop on floating and the physics of floating and transitions, we would definitely play light as a feather. Because when we really get into this idea of anti-gravity and floating through and transitions, it really has nothing to do with um, muscling through it, but it has everything to do with the energetic dynamics and that positive negative and that movement of finding your balance. Um, the, it's not abdominal action. I really want to make sure that you all understand that it's not abdominal action. It's not about your core. Right? It's not about how strong you are. It's not about like, oh, I can't do this because I had a baby. It's not about, oh, I can't do this because um, I, I feel bigger, right? But it's all about initiating from the deeper core of your being. And that's where it gets a little bit like, oh my gosh, this is all physics. Um, the uh, idea of um, working and regulating the energy fl flow through the subtle channels of the nadis is really what we're going to talk about tonight. So the idea of working into your subtle tools. And that's why I gave you, even though your question and your class tonight is all about the um, idea of uh, conquering and diving headfirst through your fears and breaking through, what we're really doing tonight with our props of our blankets and our two blocks is we're allowing ourselves to flow through the subtle channels of the nadis through the bandhas. So you can't really practice floating and flying without having that magic and understanding the balance of the dynamic opposites of the breathing. Tonight we're going to do a visualization and talk about the bandhas. Then we're going to practice sweeping the floor. <laughs> You're really not going to like me by the end of this. And then we're going to jump through and practice crossing our legs from down dog. And then we're going to do some block play. And we're going to practice, um, and there's Sanskrit on your sheet on the top. Lolasana means earring. Lola is an earring. Tolasana means scale pose, like that old-time lawyer thing where you had the scales and you're trying to balance the two sides. That is an example of the raga dvesha, the pain and the pleasure, or that kleshas that we suffer some from when we practice our practice. How do you find the middle path or have a blue sky mind and use the breath to balance the scales so you find your space, that sweet spot, where you find ease and equanimity. That's super duper hard. We can hardly even do that during life, right? And now we're asking ourselves to do that on the mat. So um, the tolasana is a good example of it. And then the other thing that is on your sheet here is navasana. What's navasana? Boat pose. So we're going to practice some play with boat pose. Uh, what I really want you to get through this entire th journey that we talk about tonight is that the subtle channels are what we're trying to engage when we're floating and flying. 
It really has nothing to do with the idea of like how many crunches you do or um, you know, how toned your tummy is. You want to enjoy your practice regardless of the ability to jump through. And a lot of times, especially if you're a power vinyasa person, we put too much emphasis on the external and how cool you look in the practice, right? Notice how small this tech is versus like maybe another tech. Because people are intimidated by floating and flying and jumping through, and the people who do do it usually like to post themselves up on lots of social media things. But I want you to know that the subtleties and the things that we are doing, it's not the external aspect of the practice. I want you to tap into the subtleties of the practice and really feel in the next hour that we're together that the real yoga, you can't see it. Yeah? So we are practicing the physics. We are practicing the transition. Uncomfortable ends followed by hopeful new beginnings. We are finding the balance between the shtira and the sukha. Right? And that's on your sheet also. The idea of that this practice that we're going to do tonight is how do you shift smoothly into the inner state of equilibrium and peace? where you have that shtira sukha, that steady and easeful state. Which is what we want to find in any practice, right? The balance of the ha and the ta. That balance of being forceful yet masterful and then going back to the idea of what Shelley's saying is that we're intentional. And the intention, it all boils down to the breath. It's pretty simple. Cool? How many of you can jump through? One. I've done it once. You've done it once, right? How many people have stubbed their toe or fallen on their face or like said, fuck this shit, I'm not doing any of it? Feel like right? a water buffalo. Yeah, feel like you can't really get it. Well, when we let's go through our sheet here. So now we've got our Sanskrit words, right? The idea of um, Ashtanga, this comes from the eight limb path. Koshas, that we're peeling away the layers. Bandhas is all about that idea of bandhas, which means body lock or seal. And it's the interior lock of the yoga body. So we're really practicing how do we create that dance of the dynamic opposites. The opposing forces where energy can flow like a battery. So literally, we're harnessing the pure potentiality of the breath to find center. And then we have the Paschimottanasana, which we know what that one is, right? Where we do a forward fold while we're sitting on the ground. So we're going to work with Paschimottanasana, intense western stretch. We're going to do Lolasana, which I just told you what that was, which means hearing, hearing right? And then tolasana, which means scales. And navasana, which means boat. All right. The body parts that are affected, um, I took some pictures from Leslie Kamenoff's book to put in there. They're pretty small, but you can see that when you're working truly with the idea of floating and flying, you're using everything. Because you are thoroughly engaged, you are present and absorbed in this moment. So I tried to show you like, 
oh, these are the muscles you use for a Navasana. These are the muscles you do in an inversion. But really, you're, if you are finding your sweet spot, we're working everything, correct? So, like, last night, I did 108 sun salutations for the changing of the seasons. Did anybody do 108? No. Well, when you're going through the process of doing 108 sun salutations in a row with no break, you really start to notice is my, your body. Are you forcing yourself to go through it, or are you actually present, and is the breath being your guide? So it's a really good kind of way to learn that. Same thing with Ashtanga. When you're going through this hour-and-a-half practice and all of these poses, are you forcing or muscling your way through it, or are you actually working from the inside out? And when you work from the inside out, then all of a sudden you realize what it truly means to be in the zone. So during the 108, when people were collapsing like flies, it's because they were pushing and muscling through it instead of being present to the exquisite beauty of that balance of the dance of the opposites, where the energy is flowing subtly with that positive and negative like a battery, right? So if you try to fly through things with the breath, then it's more physics, which is cool. Now we're in a science class. We have nothing to do with like uh, yoga, but everything to do with yoga. But if we try to muscle through it, that's when you hurt yourself, have rotator cuff injuries or um, back injuries or hip injuries because you're just trying to force it. Does that make sense? So then we go through from the parts that are affected. Um, we're really trying to practice when you go under props and it asks you the questions. Um, we're doing this from a balanced state of mind. And hence why the idea of koshas are um, up there in your Sanskrit things is because a lot of times you have to peel away the layers to actually be able to be present to your true nature on the mat. Does that kind of make sense? Because if you are moving through ego during 108, you're going to totally mess yourself up, right? But if you're moving through breath and bandhas, then you're going to just find yourself really grounded in the present moment, in the zone, practicing the idea of yoga, right? So what does yoga mean to all of you? Union. Anybody else? No. You just didn't see. Yoking. A way of pure seeing, observing. So finding a balanced, harmonious state, the most sattvic thing, is effortless, correct? So it's that effortless effort. And then we're back again to shtira sukha, balancing the scales. How do we find that equanimity? Um, is this considered an intermediate or advanced pose? Probably. Intermediate or advanced, yeah? Would you teach it in a beginning class? No. Is this uh, what styles use jump throughs? Right? Rocket. Right? So a power vinyasa, vinyasa class. Would I use it in a yin class? Probably not. 
hold your jumpsuit for two to five minutes. No. Would I use it in a restorative class? No. Uh, no. Probably not, unless you're starting to learn how to find your, um, uh, just finding uh, sincerity in your practice and trying to work your breath to mm -hmm, get into a more deeper something, something. Uh, then your next question is, um, what is a prep pose or a setup for beginners? Or what would be a modification or a variation to learn how to jump through? I guess we're going to learn that tonight, so you don't have to answer that one, right? Uh, how about um, a follow-up pose after a jump through? Right, like a forward fold. So we're going to be jumping through, and then you're jumping through to a pose. So it could be Paschimottanasana. It could be any seated pose, because obviously we're on the ground, right? And if you had like an Ashtanga flow chart, you could see like every vinyasa, every jump through leads you to the next pose. Yeah? And then who can float? Right? Anyone. When you're floating and flying through your practice, I just want to um, kind of offer you those other bullet points. You're moving with power and stillness. And you want to really remember that when we're tapping into the breath and we're being the observer, we're finding freedom and awareness. So we're grounded in our truth. And it's really all about the prana. So in order to find your sense of well-being and in order to find your balance, that practice of what we're doing really is about finding the balance between the inhales and the exhales. So we're back again at the bandhas. And that's why you have that other handout because we have to really talk about the bandhas in order to do this. What I love about this benefit is when you peel away the layers of your koshas and you peel away those five layers to get into your true nature, you're really finding humility and perseverance. You're boosting your confidence. Um, and another uh, physical benefit is that obviously you're finding core strength, but it's on a deeper level. And then when you go into your energetic benefits, it's stimulating all of your chakras because it's, it's working every part of your nervous system, right? We have over 72,000 meridian lines through our body, our nadis, our flowing rivers of energy. And when we're working with the breath and when we're doing our jump through transitions, this is all about working your entire body. So it's not subtle. And then your energetic and emotional benefits, you're breaking through insecurity and fear, right? Because a lot of people don't want to do jump throughs because of what you all replied when you've tried it. It's hard. I hurt myself. And I can't do it. I feel ridiculous. But when you start to really break through to the other side, you really notice that change and shift. And it elevates your 
confidence, and it elevates the idea of your ability to conquer anything. Um, you want to make sure that if people have wrist issues or shoulder, back or shoulder issues that you really don't kind of putz around with trying to teach them this until they have enough um, strength so that you don't um, over, uh, overreach or make them push themselves too far because they have a weakened joint. Even though this isn't about muscling through, it is about working from um, positive supports. A ganglion cyst. Yeah, I'm gonna, I haven't made an appointment to remove it yet, but mm -hmm. is that going to prevent me from anything? Nope. Okay. Mm -mm, you're fine. It's called a Bible bump. I've heard, I've Googled and YouTubed it. Yes. It's, I mean, like, if you just close your eyes, we'll smack it. I'm, <laughs> I'm so scared. With a water bottle, we'll just go yeah, whack. So my, the doctor I went to, she actually told me that's what she did with hers, and she's yeah. like, I don't recommend it. I'm like, yeah. why would you tell me that? <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, no, I, I I had one on my wrist. I did that. It's really Yeah, it doesn't feel good. I know. It's like right there. Does anybody have a ganglion cyst? It's basically gunk that can't get through, so it starts to build up. I saw the videos. They're horrible. Yeah. It's like clear jelly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does it work to whack a water bottle on it? Oh, we used a book. <laughs> yeah. Did it work? Uh-huh. It went away. But then I also I had one stuck in here in another part of my body, and I didn't have the surgery to do anything, no. Oh, the surgery? Well, it's like you're in, in oh, office. Oh, this needle thingy? Yeah. Well, you're going to aspirate it. I don't know yet. Yeah, so you're going to aspirate it. I was thinking it. of the book thing. Really, yeah. I was, but I'm not sure. Just close your eyes. I'll do no, it right no, now. Look, it's <laughs> Is it like lymph drainage that I can't? Yeah, it's like stuff getting stuck in your veins. Remember, we're just a bunch of tubes, right? So if something's like big and chunky and it can't go through... <laughs> we'll talk after class. How's that? I'll tell you the whole process and how many drinks I had before we did it. Okay. All right. So regardless of where we go, you're not judging your character on doing this perfectly, right? And some days you're going to be able to do it, and other days you're going to be like, well, this is stupid, right? Remember that athletes, people who are like high-performance athletes or gymnasts, if they come back to this practice and they learn this as a kid, it's very easy for them to do because they already have it ingrained in their body. Okay? So um, grab that block that's up in there and a blanket. So we're using our blocks and our blankets, and we're going to start off right now. And we are going to talk about the bandhas. Uddiyana Bandha and Mula Bandha. These two support each other breathing. They create um, firmness in the torso, length in the spinal column, and movement um, is created here. So you've got your Mula Bandha, and I'm just gonna, uh, I handed you the sheets, but we're not gonna focus on it. Mula is at the root. It is um, Mula, it means root, so it's a plant of a tree. And then Uddiyana Bandha means blind up block. So you're working with these two opposites to create space. If you visualize, take your index finger and put it into your belly button. And bring three fingers below the index finger. And now take the index finger out of your belly button and put it three fingers below the three fingers. So if you visualize a little string 
When you exhale and you press the belly button to the spine, or that little space, three fingers below the belly button to the spine, and then you inhale and keep that tone and sip up the string all the way through your spine to the top of your head, and then exhale and press your belly button again to the spine. Inhale, sipping everything up, creating space, and exhale, press your belly button to the spine. Does that make sense? So your diaphragm is moving, but your belly is not rising and falling. Your belly stays toned, right? It's pulling in and up, okay? So stand up for a second. Place your hands to your ribs. How many people go grocery shopping, mm -hmm. right? So we're going to pick up the groceries. Your hands are to your ribs. As you inhale, breathe in and pick up the groceries. Lift your ribs. And exhale, stitch your ribs together. Inhale, pick up the groceries. Exhale, stitch your ribs together. Inhale, pick up the groceries. Good, exhale, stitch the ribs together. What did you feel when you experienced that? A, a stitch? Yeah. You got a stitch. Rather than only focusing on the ribs expanding, yeah. I was focusing on that lift. It felt different. It felt different, okay? Our diaphragm is really magical. You felt something? Yeah, like, yeah. Well, just a strength. Yeah, so you have a lot of strength, right? Our diaphragm is pretty magical because it massages our internal organs, creates peristalsis, and it keeps yourself balanced. So, like, uh, you don't really, I mean, obviously, you have to watch what you eat, but you don't have to do crunches to be toned if you work a diaphragmatic breath because you're massaging yourself from the inside out. I want you to think of alignment or like your amazing body that is the entire circumference of it is breathing. So when I say let your belly rise and fall, most people just think of their belly moving in this direction, right? But when you think about holding your ribs and creating space and then exhaling and, and really pushing it out and rooting down with that root lock, then you're getting the dance of the opposites. Then you're getting your whole body to work so you're powering your body from the center. In yoga, as we, I always say to all of you, your hands are your feet, or your feet are your hands, right? And so what's the most important part? The center of your universe, right? No, 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 I didn't hear you say that. No, 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 no. And it's the bandhas, it's the breath, it's that subtle internal stuff. That's where the magic happens. And when you uncoil that serpentine energy, right, and we really start to harness the pure potentiality of the breath, and we connect to our root, then we start to uncoil and open up to higher states of consciousness, right? But if we're just breathing, but not truly breathing, right, so we're noticing the difference between just breathing and engaging the subtle body and getting the neurological pathways to fire, that's when the magic happens, okay? So we're lifting up the groceries and we're creating this internal space so that every exhale belly presses the spine. Does anybody know those old time bellows? Right? That's kind of what we're doing on the inside, but maybe it's going this way, like we're an accordion bellow or we're a harmonium and we're creating music just like next door. Cool? Okay, so now you're going to think I'm kabonkers, but I want you to feel your diaphragm. Okay, this is a kriya. Has anybody done a kriya before? 
Yes? Has anybody neti potted? A couple of you? Okay, so neti potting is a kriya. There's like seven of them. You place your hands to your legs, so I'll just show you at first. You're gonna exhale everything out. You're gonna hold it, and then you're gonna make your belly go back and forth and 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 back and forth. And you're still holding your breath until you can't hold your breath any longer. And you're gonna open your arms up and you're gonna go until your hands meet, and then you're gonna go. And you're gonna feel really, really stupid. Like super duper stupid. And your belly's gonna move back and forth like breath of fire. How many of you have done breath of fire? Um, yeah? Cool. So breath of fire is that deep, deep movement of the belly. And it's sometimes called skull shining breath because it gets you to open up. Okay? You ready to try it? I'm so excited, Jess! I can't even imagine how excited I am. Okay, if you um, haven't eaten, it's probably better. But if you have eaten, just, you know, like, fake it to make it. <laughs> Be a rock star. Okay, so your feet are a little bit wider than that width apart. Your knees are bent. Your hands are to your legs so that your spine is long. Now, there's lots of different kinds of fun things you can do with Naoli, but all we're going to do is practice just doing that breath of fire without breathing. So we let all the air out. We hold it. And we move our belly as fast as we can, as fast as we can, as fast as we can. And if we can't move it anymore, you have to take some air and then you go. Can we make that noise? Yes, please. You're going to breathe in. Yes. Yeah, because I want you to breathe in through the nose. Because I want you to feel what happens to your diaphragm. Okay. And if anybody like laughs or farts or does anything, we won't make any fun of you. Um, it's just an opportunity to find, just like the idea of transition, a positive process, an opportunity for rebirth. Okay? So let everything out. Hold it and go for it. coffers. Did you feel something when you got to there? Yeah. That was your diaphragm waking up. Osteopaths do these adjustments where they take and they go underneath your sternum and they kind of like lift the skin and do something to create an openness. But I'm trying to have you do it on your own. Did anybody feel anything weird? You might not have coughed. My heart just yeah. fluttered. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Too fast. Oh, I got happy. It's like, hello, I'm alive. That your diaphragm did something. Coolio. Okay, let's try it one more time. Because this is literally how you figure out how to find your diaphragm to move. So breath of fire is cool, right? We get to that spot, but we're always evolving in yoga. So we're always transforming, which means that after breath of fire, then we want to start doing things like this so that we can start floating and flying and doing inversions. Because we're finding our center. So, <clears throat> let everything out, hold it, go for it.
<coughs> oh my goodness. Our young tots are going to be ready to fly. Yeah? But did you feel when you were creating space there was this like hollowness, this like openness? So that's the uplifting, okay? So when you're in down dog, right? And then we're going to jump through. You know how they say look forward, inhale? You're creating space. So you could do actually a handstand and just lower your feet slowly down because it's creating that momentum and freedom so that we're as light and as buoyant and as beautiful as a balloon, a colorful balloon going in the sky. Everybody's good with that? Okay, so that's the space that we're creating. That's the energy that we're trying to open up, the Mula Bandha and the Uddiyana Bandha. But since this isn't a Bandha's class, we're going to come down to the ground. All right. So now here we are on the ground, and we are going to practice doing a little thing called block play. Okay? So I'll give you an opportunity to just kind of play around with this. And, do, and do, does anybody have socks? Socks work really well, too. So in the second round of this, we're going to do socks. But right now, we're only doing blocks. So take your blocks, put them colonial, high up. And you take your blocks near the sides of your body. On your next exhale, all you're going to do is lift your right foot up. Good. Lower it down. Lift your left foot up. Good. Lower it down. Anybody get a Charlie horse or a cramp? Yep, so remember to flex your feet, activating your toes. Now, all I'm going to ask you to do is your hands are on the ground, but keep your collarbones open like you're still hugging your favorite person and lift your butt. And lower down. Yeah, you can make your hands into fists too. Yeah. Okay, everybody's good? Lift your butt and your right leg. Lower. Lift your left leg and your butt. Lower. Lift your butt and both legs. And lower. Right? Oh, did you get a crampy food? So who's a runner or does like more athletic things? If you use your hip flexors or overuse them a little bit, sometimes that you're going to get those Charlie horses or those cramps, right? Another thing to do is have three blocks and squeeze the center one so that you're just practicing lifting up. And then after your blocks are high, you take your blocks away and you bring your hands to the ground. You say that, play that same little game, right? So we're teaching our students bandhas and then we taught a breath exercise, right? To really feel that uplifting energy. And now we're teaching them really simple tricks to find lightness and levity, okay? Now from there, what I would ask someone to do if they were going to have like quote-unquote homework is their hands are to the block, you lift your buns and you push back, and then you come back forward. So let's just try it. Lift your buns up and then push forward. Because a lot of people can't lift up. Okay? Back and forward. Yeah, that's okay. And you would do that like three, four, five times, a couple times a day since you have nothing better to do, right? Okay? 
Cool. All right, let's take it and move a little bit in, because this leads into um, uh, this leads into sweeping the floor. So, do you have socks? All right, if you do have socks, take your sockies. And what you're going to do with your little cute sockies is you are going to take and put them on your feet. Who doesn't have socks and isn't grossed out by wearing my socks? Yep, go grab them. Mm -hmm. Since these floors haven't been cleaned for a while, 
This would be the next phase that you would teach your students to find that internal strength. And all of you are going to say, but I feel like I'm using just core work. But you're not, okay? You're not doing those superficial layers. We're working from the breath. You're going to come into a neutral position, right? And on your next exhale, all you're going to do is pull your knees to the right elbow. Push back. Pull your knees to the left elbow. Push back. To the right elbow. Push back. Left elbow. Push back. Right elbow. Push it back. Left elbow. Push it back. Right. You're using your insides. You're using your breath. And then come back to center. High feeling. Okay, where did you feel that in your body? Felt your um, internal stuff working? Okay, right? It gets even more fun. Now you can do this with one of those um, balls. You know those big yes, stability balls. But what we're going to do is we're going to say, screw that. We're going to go into down dog, and you're going to use your exhale and you pull your feet towards your hands, and you push back. Oops, down dog. And you pull your feet to your hands, and push back. Good. Uh, yeah. You are making the floor look so good. It's starting to shine. Your heart rate's up, though, huh? I love, 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 love hot yoga, but I gotta tell you, when you do things like this, you really notice the power of the breath. Is anybody not sweating? No? Let me exhale, going back or in You wanna create space? and you want to work with what rhythm feels good for you, I would say you exhale your feet to your hands. Inhale to open. Are the legs supposed to stay mostly, are the legs supposed to stay mostly straight? And what we're doing, yeah, that's, we're trying to really work from the center. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everybody okay? Mm -hmm. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you feel the superficial layers and that's what you is working or what you feel is working, but if you really practice that breathing with it, that's where you're going to find the space, right? The opening and exhaling. Okay. So from this place of sweeping the floor, we are going to take now and we are going to try to go into um, a little bit of a uh, um, lolasana and tolasana, because I want you to feel the uplift before we try to jump through from down dog, okay? So lola means earring, and sometimes the best way to figure out how to do the earring pose is the same way that we were doing the um, dandasana to paschimottanasana kind of play. What we want to do is instead of bringing our legs out straight, we bring our knees um, forward and our heels are underneath our buns 
and we're working with the breath. Now, some people start off and they just push into the tops of the feet, right? But we're working with the breath to lift up and create space. Knees to the chest. So let's try it. Lola means dangling earrings, so you're swinging, right? Like an earring hanging from a beautiful earlobe. I hear if you have a freckle on your earlobe, it means you're smart. And if your wrists are bugging you, you can also opt to just watch. But if you have any shoulder injuries, remember, honor your skeleton. Do what you need to do. Your hands are down. See if you can start off by pressing into the tops of your feet. Good. Try and keep your knees towards your chest. Now try and bring your knees up and your feet up. And breathe. Good. Good. Holding it there. Huh? Breathing out. You're going to have to inhale and exhale because I want you to hold it. So whatever feels best for you. Uh, well, what we've been doing, you would do the, you would do dandasana, lift one leg, then the other, and then lift your butt lower. Lift your butt and your legs and work with the breath. It's the same thing, but now our legs aren't straight. And then if that is something that's a little precarious, then practice going back and lowering, doing your little push-ups with your um, prep. Then I would have you do um, sweeping the floor. You know, practice doing all of that, knees to the wrists, and working on finding the internal strength. Um, and then from there, we practice Lola, pushing into the tops of the feet and trying to get your knees up. And if that's not something that's accessible, then you're not going to go, you know, you'll just keep doing what you're doing to get to that point. If Lola is accessible and you can lift your knees and your feet up off the ground and support yourself in this space, working with the breath, then the next thing we work towards is Tolasana. Tola means scales pose. So at the end of an Ashtanga practice, we do um, Padmasana, which means lotus, correct? Mm -hmm. So we do Padmasana. Now, if you can't get both of your legs into Padmasana, Tolasana is a little precarious, right? Because you can't get your legs to come into this full-on pose. So you're kind of like, oh, that sucks. That's why lolasana is an option, right? Okay, so in Tolasana, in the scales pose, we practice at the end lifting up and holding it for 25 deep breaths. After 25, then you move to 50, and you keep adding on, right? So I'm hot. I'm sweating. Um, make sense? Okay, so all we're going to do is not even think about going into Tola fully by crossing out both legs, but just bring your feet to cross, your ankles to cross, and your knees high, and the blocks right next to the sides of your body. Okay, I'm going to ask you to push into your feet and lift your butt. Good. Okay, now push into your feet and lift your feet. Good. And lower back down. Right? So everything that we're doing is working from modifications on up. We've offered different ways and styles to get someone to be able to lift up. 
So if they have bad knees, don't go into full-on um, Padmasana, just cross at the ankles, or do Lolasana. If they have really bad knees, then just practice lifting one leg at a time, and then both legs in your bum, right? Okay? Now, what we're going to try to do is, Tolasana is pretty self-explanatory. It's very similar to everything we've been doing. Okay? What we're going to try to do is maybe then try and bring one knee up into your half lotus, right? And then you lift your buns and the other leg up. But some people never get to this point. And once again, I'll say, these abilities are fleeting, right? And it does not mean that you're not a good yogi by not being able to practice and work the physics of lifting up, right? We're all going to yoga land. We all got a ticket. It's golden, yeah? So I don't, I mean, that's the hard thing is because people's egos start getting in the way and then it's a whole shit show because you're in your head and you go down that black hole. What I want now is to kind of focus on the idea of navasana, which is very similar to everything that we've been doing. Nava means boat. It's very interesting because people take navasana for granted and they take navasana out of um, the sequences a lot and they don't, how many people do boat pose in a regular class? Right? Do you know what its secret name is? No asana. Because no one ever wants to do it. So what I'm going to show you is take your block and you're going to, I'll show you first, this is a PT thing, but it's actually been incorporated into some yoga schools of thought. You squeeze the block, your legs make an L, you're on your back, your back gets long and your front gets short so that I'm pushing my legs into my arms and my arms to my legs. If I came around, now you all are gonna try this. If I came around to you as you're pushing your arms into your legs and your legs into your arms, and I pulled your legs away, I shouldn't be able to move them. So when I get close, get prepped, and squeeze the block in between your legs, put your hands into your legs, and I shouldn't be, oh, but you keep your neck long, and Shorten the front body and lengthen the back. So push, 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 legs and arms, legs and arms. There you go. That's what we're looking for. Push, push. There you go. Active, active. Good. Good. Shoulders back and broad. There you go. Neck is long. Yep. Beautiful. So the front is short, the back is long, and I'm trying to pull your legs away. Oh my God. All right. This is a really bad joke, but this is yoga in a nutshell. <laughs> good, very good. So you're trying to find that containment, okay? Press your hands into your legs, your legs into your hands, and breathe, 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 breathe. Good, very good. Everybody's clenching their jaw. Have a grapefruit space between your chin and your chest. Good, 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 good. All right, let's see, one more. Arr, action, push your hands in your legs, wave your hands, and I shouldn't be able to move your legs. Arr, good. Okay. Oh, how did that feel? Oh, yes, that was horrible. <laughs> yeah. So now everybody come up. All we're going to do is practice Navasana. You don't want to be on your tailbone, right? So a lot of times in Pilates, we have more of a C curve to our back. 
But what we want to be is more on the sits bones, the bony parts, the, the protrusions of your behind. And you squeeze the block in between your legs. The A version of Navasana, your hands are near your buns on the ground, your feet are kind of floating, your knees are bent, and you're just squeezing the block. Good. The B version of Navasana, your hands go forward. The C version of Navasana, your legs start to straighten. Good. A, B, C. Good. And then lower back down. Now, in the Ashtanga sequence, in Navasana, you do boat pose, five deep breaths. You cross your feet at your ankles, and you lift up five deep breaths. Lower back down. Lengthen your legs. Do that five times. Now you see why they call it no asana. <laughs> yeah? But in turn, what they do is when you get deeper into it, then you go from, instead of just lifting up, you go boat to handstand. Jump back through, boat to handstand. Without touching your asana to the ground. It's pretty intense. Can you do it? No, right now. Uh, I used to, I used to uh, do all kinds of stupid human tricks, but you know we, uh, we age gracefully. Uh, yes. So the idea of what we're doing is really trying to find that sweeping motion through the breath. So let's all try to do boat without the block and lift up into Talasana. And if you're just learning how to do Talasana, then all we'll do is put the, these next to the sides of our body. So the blocks are on our side, our hands are forward, and we're in Navasana. Any version of Navasana you would like to do, you're breathing, your shoulders are back, like you're getting a hug from your favorite person, so your heart is open, and your fingers are an extension of your heart, so let them be delighted, right? Lift your right leg, bring the foot back, Left other leg up, knee bent, heart is open, cross right over left, hands to your blocks, lift up, lower, Navasana, good, breathe, 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 good, legs high if you can, cross left over right, bend your knees, lift up, lower, reach, 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 and then we'll bend the knees and just relax. How was that experience? Better. Better? Mm -hmm. Yeah? But you can really feel how many of you are holding your breath. Yep. Yeah. Right? Okay. If you are doing the dance of the opposites and you're tapping into your subtle body, you will never, ever get tired. You will get so much energy. You will be almost vibrating. Right? And they're like saying Satnam over there, but when you are literally really tapping into that vibration of the breath, it makes life effortless. But just the example that I gave you for the 108, when people were forcing it or moving from a place of ego, they crashed and burned halfway through. But if you are truly present to the breath, this stuff just goes and you're lifted. Because your hands are your feet, your feet are your hands, the center of your universe is working, and everything's broad and open because you're just expansive. And you're light and you're levitating. So it is very magical.
I want to make sure that I get everything here. Um, the next thing that we're going to do from Navasana now is we're going to practice actually jumping through. Yay. You all look very excited. Right? So I've taught you several different experiences and modalities to practice finding the internal strength. Whether it be breath practices, right? You learn two breath practices. Whether it be, um, you know, like just lifting up where you're in more of a reclined position with your legs straight in Dandasana. And then moving into finding the sweeping of the floor, which in turn, you're starting to really find that engagement so that in order to go to down dog, you create your body into a bellows, right? After we sweep the floor, then we practice with our socks on jumping through, right? So going from plank and crossing your feet and sweeping through. So it's like little baby steps, right? Because we had socks on. So we had almost like a little cheat, but if you did that over and over, where you sat in Dandasana, pressed into your hands, crossed your feet, and slid them through with your socks, by like week two, you won't need your blocks anymore. By like week three and four, you might not need your socks anymore. Because it is a process. Practice is a process, and the more you practice, the more you progress. Yeah? So now we're going to take it to the full extent. We're going to start off in our mat. As your hips are high and your head is down, you're just in down dog. And all we're going to do is come to the ball mounts of the toes and bend our knees. And you're just going to practice crossing right over left and then springing back to down dog. So you're jumping your then left over right. Spring back to down dog. So you're just feeling comfortable taking flight. Just have a question. Yeah. This has perplexed me for years. So on the jump forward, inhale or exhale. And I always thought it was exhale. And mm -hmm. then just a couple of weeks ago, I was in attacking, and I think I might have been with you, said mm -hmm. inhale because then you're getting that lift. Yep. Which actually makes it easier. Yep. But which one is it? But it feels like I'm coming together, so that would normally be an exhale. Yeah, so in Jiva Mukti, what they were saying, when you're ready to start flying, start practicing the inhales, jumping forward. It's all a matter of perspective, so you just kind of have to play around, but it, it's one breath, one movement, and you're doing a sun salutation. Inhale. Exhale. Whoa, sorry. Inhale. I just said sorry to myself. Inhale. Exhale is Chaturanga. Right. Inhale, Urdhva. Mm -hmm. Exhale, Adho. Five deep breaths. Inhale, look forward. Float. Exhale, fold. So the, in, so the float would be at the end of the inhale when you've got the Expansive. air going yep. okay. And then the inhale, sweep high. Exhale. Because I was even trying that just the other week, playing around with like forearm stand. Yeah. Wow, it's actually a lot easier to kick up when I'm doing it on an inhale instead of an exhale. Right? Because it's expansive. Yeah. You're actually creating space within your body. But when you're forcing that exhale, you're actually rooting down because right. you're engaging mula. Right. Right? Mula bandha gets prana to wake up. 
But the expansiveness of Uddiyana Bandha is about taking flight. So, so that's a great down. question. Take a yep. inhale. Mm -hmm. okay. mm -hmm. Yeah, just ride the wave. Mm -hmm. You did that so elegantly. What? Oh, I didn't even fly or do anything. But you can do it too. Come on, let's do it. Let's do Nyasa. You two are all going to stand up. So, some schools of thought add in that extra breath when you jump back to high plank. But a lot of times that jacks your mid back, right? So, here, the way that you all learn it is that we actually inhale halfway, step back. That's how you're learning how to cue, because you're cueing modifications on up. Does that make sense? So you would never have someone jump back into plank unless they're resilient enough to jump into more of a low chaturanga. Does that make sense? Okay. And that, that all comes to the space. But let's just do, so we're going to add in that extra little breath. Um, inhale, reach high. Exhale, little micro bend in the knees, bow down, fold forward. Inhale, lift your chest halfway. Exhale, palms to the earth. Bend your knees, step back, plank. So this is your exhale still, lower chaturanga. Inhale, urdhva mukha. And exhale, adho mukha. So five deep breaths. You have some sincerity and clarity in the way that you are working. Breathe. Look to the top of the mat. Exhale all the air out, little bend in the knees. Inhale, float forward. Good, exhale, fold. Inhale, sweep high. Exhale, arms down by your sides. Good. So that little, you know, you're just like um, a little spring. And you're just riding that really beautiful wave of pure potentiality. So now find your down dog. Fingers point forward, heels are light, hips are high. You're going to just gently gaze to your hands. Come to the ball mounts of the toes. Bend your knees towards your chest. And what pose are you in now? Yes, exactly, Paige, Utkatasana. So you're going to look forward, and you're just going to cross right over left. Oh, see, you just did it. And then jump back. Good. Come to the ball mounts of the toes. Bend your knees into Utkatasana, and find left over right. And jump back. Good. And now look to the top of the mat. Bend your knees. Jump right over left and sweep your legs through. <sighs> Huh? Okay, that's okay. Yep, it takes some time. So now grab your block. Shins bruised, toes broken, toes stubs, carpet burns on your nose. You're gonna find all kinds of new things. Okay, down dog with your block. I'm just facing forward so that I can see all of you. Okay. Come to the bottom out to the toes. Bend your knees. Cross right over left. Sweep through. Oh, nice page. <laughs> 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 
um, you go Uptavishtha Konasana with your wide legs and you're holding on to your peace signs to your toes, and then you come back down, but you have to land lightly. Right? Okay, so we're little gazelles flying through the earth. Okay? Because if our center is working, this is how we get our toesies all kind of bunked up and stuff like that. And believe me, I have long little monkey toes. They've definitely been hurt from the jump throughs when you're not vibrant, when you're not awake. So don't do this like when you feel sleepy time, right? You're going to just take, come back to down dog. But remember, we're kind of pointing. We're active. So bring your heels up off the ground in Dandasana. Oh, yes. Oh, you don't have to arch. Oh, that, oh, oh, because you have long arms, so just release the box. You're lucky, this is going to be easy for you. Long, yeah, yeah, long torsos, it, it takes more time to learn how to jump through, so you have, you're, you're in a good place, body dynamic-wise. Okay? Everybody's heels are up off the ground. Now keep this energy and this awareness and this vitality and find down dog. <laughs> Okay, Megan, relax your eyebrows. Ah. Okay. Okay, now just breathe. No judgment. We're just practicing. We've only been together for like less than an hour and a half, so you're just practicing. On your next exhale, bend your knees towards your chest like you're in a chair pose. Good. On your inhale, cross right over left and try and float through. That's okay. Ah, uh, your butt landed really hard. Okay, I gotta ask. You did. She has long arms. I got little T-Rex arms. Yeah. yeah. So is that that's gonna pre present some limitation? Because okay. I feel like in order to jump through, I, it's just right. My so awesome. Yeah. 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 The blocks are your best friends. Props are your best friends. Right, so I have a really long torso. I have yeah. to hollow my belly and have a little bend in my knees, right? Yeah. I have to. It's just the nature of the beast. Yeah. Uh, you know, like we all aren't going to look like the every, yeah. Mm -hmm. You just have to do what's good. Right? You want to try it again? Okay, yay! Down dog with your blocks. Now think about that practice of the breath we were doing. As you find lightness, you're inhaling and you're exhaling. Let's just practice inhale, high plank. Good, exhale, down dog. Inhale, hips a little bit higher. Exhale, bend your knees to your chest. Look forward, inhale, spring forward. Yep. Mm -hmm. I needed to crack my toes. That's okay. <laughs> so what I would say is that um, instead of using a mat, wear your socks, everyone, and your homework is to lift up, cross your feet, high plank. I'm not wearing socks. I just got the thing. Down dog. Right? Find your space. Come to the ball mounts of the toes. Sweep through. Come down. Breathe, 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 breathe through the practice. It's about tapping into the subtle body 
It's not about muscling through. And it's really about creating space. I keep picturing my arms as a swing set and my body as a swing. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I used to collect those little doll, those, those, those um, things where you press the bottom and they all collapse. Mm -hmm. And then you release the button and they all get really strong. Yeah. So just think of moving from that space of engagement alignment, breath, and it is that scales thing, you know? You're going to feel really strong, and then you're going to might feel like a little bit weak, and you're going to feel really like you've got it one day, and the next day you're going to feel like crap and hurt your toes, maybe. So um, um, yogis have really, um, you know how you get on your hands, you get like tough pads or like calluses? Yogis usually have, we have calluses on our feet. Tops of our feet. So we roll on our toes. Uh, so, and remember that um, we are working on levitation, the rising by mystical means. So you are a magician. You are creating space through the subtle body. And if you let go of the koshas, if you let go of the things that weigh you down and your challenges or your conflicts or your um, not, maybe not negativity, but the things that um, keep your fears in place and you just allow yourself to move through with like childlike wonderment, you are going to find uh, real yoga because your practice is about the subtle body, the stuff that you can't see. So the more you trust yourself, the more you just work with inhales and exhales and kind of play with some of these little games that I taught you, you will be able to float and fly because it's physics with a little bit of um, glitter and unicorns. <laughs> mm -hmm. So why don't we all go around and say one thing that we found that was powerful in this experience. The breath. Breath. My dad practiced yoga. Mm. He didn't know what yoga was. Mm. Yoga wasn't a thing in Russia. He mm. just did the exercise, and this was one of the exercises he would do. Mm. Uh, so it just made me think of him. Oh, that's sweet. It's easier to deal with socks and blocks. <laughs> socks and blocks. <laughs> Especially the, the, um, the clear one right at the beginning. That mm -hmm. was super helpful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Bring awareness. Mm -hmm. Great. I would say muscle engagement um, with the bandhas and then Nali as well. Mm -hmm. I like that. Cool. The answer to the question I asked about the bridge. Mm -hmm. Cool. There's a, like a decade worth of confusion. It's good. <laughs> it's good. Awesome. Cool. Uh, remember that 
you can get firmness of torso and you can get length in your spine and all of that good space and room for movement. But this practice and what we're really working on is about finding the inhales and the exhales because they support us in so many ways that we don't even see. Yeah? And you all are going to be really delightful teachers. Remember to practice and teach from experience. So just enjoy what you're doing on your magical journey of yoga. Thanks for spending this evening with me.